You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Rain. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, this is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I am here not only with my husband, Sean, but with a plethora of people. Um, I guess, should I just introduce them? I think so. Or maybe I'll let you uh, yeah. introduce them. So we're trying something. This is, this is like history in the making right here. We are not in our living room. We are in the living room of Cameron and Ellie Truby in Orrington, Maine. And we have we're having a fireside chat. Uh, this is basically our missional community, and I thought it would be cool to have a discussion, a conversation that asks the question: Why do millennials think it is wrong to share their faith? And around this circle, I'm just going to list off their name. How many millennials do we have here? Raise your hand. You can't see. Okay, Zane is, Ellie is, Chrissy is, I am, and then we have a Gen Z. Aaron, say what, what, Aaron? Hello. <laughs> and then we have a couple of Gen Xers. Here, here. Camille Woo-hoo. and Cameron, born on the same day. We have Tom. You baby are, you're, you're a, a, a baby boomer. Yeah, you're, there's a, also a category called elders, but you're just a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I like baby boomer. Yeah, so, so we have uh, history as well because we have at least two people who are now back on the show for, the, for, the, for their second time, Tom and Ellie. And uh, so I just thought it would be good to have a larger discussion on this question because I've been thinking about this idea for a while and I just literally saw this article today that um, really talked about it. I was like, oh, so there's some good material for it. So I'm going to read a quote and then we're going to discuss three questions, okay? Is I thought that you were going to introduce everybody. Oh, that's right. That's Quickly, right. you forget. And I actually, this yeah. is episode <laughs> 74. Thank you, Camille. Thank you. So we have, we have Cameron again. He's a Gen Xer. We have Chrissy, who is a millennial. Welcome, fellow millennial. We have Camille, of course, who's a Gen Xer. We have myself, millennial. Ellie, millennial. Zane, millennial. Aaron, who we're pretty sure he's a Gen Z. You were born in like 1997. 1997. We apologize. We're trying to get everyone around two microphones. And then, as I said, we have Tom, who is a baby boomer. So did I get everybody? There is a silent person sitting in the room, but we're not going to say who it is. (laughs) We're not going to say who it is. She's just listening to us. Um, So anyway, this is a quote. This is from uh, George Barna, who is a Christian researcher. And he said almost, this is research he has done recently, almost half of millennials, 47%, agree at least somewhat that it is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. And what is interesting about this, which is what is most noteworthy, now this is presumably, I didn't uh, verify this, but this is Christian uh, millennials. Um, But what is so remarkable about this especially is that it is substantially more 
than Gen Xers who uh, agreed with that statement. 27% of them did. Uh, boomers, 19% of them agreed with that. And then elders, 20%. Gen Zs were not polled in this uh, the particular study, but as the authors proposed, uh, Gen Zers probably would be, be even more uh, significant in the number who agree with that statement than millennials. And so my question that, first question I want to pose to this very illustrious group is why do you think that millennials in particular are so reticent or so hesitant to share their faith in the hopes that one day others might share their faith as well? Go ahead. Who wants to go first? Silence. Okay. Thank you for being with us, folks. <laughs> so, I mean, I can go. Who wants to go? Start us off. All right. I think that they're just bad people. That's <laughs> no, no. Um, I, think, I think that we, um, we have this, like, for a long time, there's been a heavy emphasis within Christianity on trying to convert people. And we've kind of had episodes in the past about this, but... I think there's a um, a fear of coming across as like having ulterior motives when you are uh, befriending somebody. And this is speaking specifically, by the way, of personal like sharing, not like big evangelistic meetings. This is just like one-on-one. Um, so I think there's that sort of fear that you might come across as having ulterior motives. I think... Another one of those is um, the idea of offending someone, um, I think is huge in the culture that we have created, um, at least in Western culture, where you don't want, you don't want to push your ideas too much on somebody because um, fear of offending them or something to that degree. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we live in a lot more pluralistic society, don't we? Like where everybody is right and, you know, nobody is wrong and all that. What do you right. think, Well, I think that part of this comes from millennials and maybe even uh, Gen Xers that have watched the generation before them take, an, take a simplistic view. I hope I'm not being too offensive. But take a simplistic <laughs> view of um, ethic and maybe faith and personal choice. And I think there is, is reticence to repeat that. And so there's maybe grace given to multiple viewpoints. Probably for the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I certainly felt that way. Um, I would never have wanted to share my faith at all um, before a few years ago. And I think... Um, Part of that has been just just an amazing journey where I now, because it's like such an innate part of my life, like I want to share what Christ is doing in my life at more like in a relationship level, and I want to share it all the time. And that has been a huge change in my life because still, like if someone tries to sell me something, Sean, like you were saying, like, bless you all doing multi-level marketing and none of us have any of those friends on Facebook no I have lots of friends that do and but for me it's like it, it immediately feels like you have an agenda to your relationship with me and that sits so poorly with me that I would never ever want to make someone feel like I have an agenda for my relationship with them and so I think that that's a lot like you're saying kind of it stems from 
from that mentality. But, um, but if you have like a good relationship with someone, then, I mean, like I do with Jesus, I just want to talk about him. So it's, that has changed for me. Yeah. Well, and I think that aspect where millennials are possibly coming from is because they have been bombarded because um, previous generations have bombarded with that concept of, and we were just talking about it tonight in our missional community, but that concept of that I grew up with of, oh, I've got to like, we should invite people to church and we should be doing Bible studies with people. Those are the two things we should be doing. And just like you said, Ellie, how my mindset has changed over the last few years of, let's just meet people where they're at first. Like, let's not have like this agenda. Let's not be pushing our, um, our theology and all that on people. Um, but love them where they're at. Yeah. I think the operative term in that sentence too. So if you, if you look at the quote, you said it, that the, the reason for sharing your faith is in hopes that they will one day, one day share the same faith. You, you, come at it with preconceptions you don't it's it's it lacks authenticity and that is a Hmm. a buzzword in the Hmm. amongst millennials and Hmm. folks that border on millennials (laughs) like yourself you will well i'm not gonna claim it (laughs) yeah well let me ask you uh this this group right here how many of you I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but how many of you would say that you have actually shared your faith? Like, not just in like, oh, you know, I'm being nice to people, but like with the conscious decision to share with another person your experience with Christ. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay, I see one. I see, okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, all right. All right, so we're doing... doing I I think also the that regardless of what your faith is, you are sharing. <laughs> I mean, the way you live your life belies what your belief system is, mm-hmm. whether that be a person of faith or a person, um, you know, a materialist, you know, atheist, whatever. The way that you conduct yourself, you are sharing what you believe. Yeah. I, told, I told this to you guys earlier um, in, in our meeting tonight, but I met this guy, I won't make a try not to make too long of a story of it, but um, this guy that I've been um, friends with for a little while, and he's just very, um, he wants to get back to the earth, wants to live, you know, off the grid, and he's, he's basically like a dyed-in-the-wool libertarian. He, he doesn't really like um, conservative Christians, and he doesn't like raging liberals, uh, and he just said, I wish both sides would just stop trying to proselytize people, and it kind of struck me as funny because that's basically what he was doing is like testifying to his philosophy and Tim Keller um, who's one of the persons that was talking about this these these uh, this data here recently he, he makes the point that younger adults have been told repeatedly that no one has the right to tell others what to believe so you shouldn't be trying to convert anyone And then he says, this statement, of course, is self-contradictory since it is doing the very thing it forbids. So, like, there can never truly be an experience where we we don't tell others our values or we're not proselytizing, we're not sharing our faith. Because, you know, even, like, 
when we testified to the great coffee we got at Starbucks. I mean, that is Aaron, right? Can I get a witness? Uh, even that act is like an act of proselytizing in the broad sense of the word, right? Well, and I think another one of the, Cameron was talking about buzzwords, and one of the buzzwords that you hear so often today is be you, do you. And I think when doing you is put into a healthy and um, loving context and you sharing who you are and what you believe, um, there, that can be a big difference between like proselytizing and then just being true to yourself. Mm, okay. Yeah. I see some, some blank faces here. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but there's only four of us that have spoken so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone else have anything before we move on to the next? Question? Yeah, I've got Zane. some thoughts. Um, so we, we all like to share when we find something new and exciting, a new something. Like for me, for example, when I, I, I started drinking coffee and I saw <laughs> lattes are like five bucks. I'm like, what in the world? Who would ever spend that kind of money on coffee? <laughs> then I tried one and then I bought an espresso machine. Now I try to get, have you tried lattes? Oh my goodness. Let me, let me help you, you know, learn this new experience of how good coffee can really be, right? Yeah. So when, when we find a new truth, we get excited about it and we want to share it and it's authentic and whatnot. I think what may keep a lot of millennials from sharing their faith is maybe they haven't really found and believe mm. that their faith is the truth. Mm. And so if they, like for me, if, if I am believing something, but I'm also questioning it at the same time, I'm probably not going to jump up and tell someone, hey, this is an exciting new thing that mm -hmm. is just mm -hmm. awesome. And you need to know it because it's truth if I have questions and doubts in my own heart. So mm -hmm. I think out of being authentic and, and not want, wanting to be some, just pull someone over and just to get them in our group, people a lot of times just would think it would be wrong to share when they're not fully given, fully believing themselves. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, this could get into a whole other long discussion, and Cam, Cameron said we don't have to go home, but we can't stay here all night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that maybe part of that is because we have been told that faith equals certainty? In other words, like, unless I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this idea is true then I don't really, I don't, I haven't really embraced it. Um, whereas I think the biblical uh, understanding of faith is not that you can prove everything, because if that's the case, then, you know, I think a lot of us are in trouble. But faith is the act of, of holding on to something, even when I can't prove that it's certain, you know, 100% true. Um, so like if, if, younger people knew that that they had permission not to like be certain about everything where faith is more of a um i don't want to know if i want to use the word experience but faith is a a commitment to a person not a bunch of propositional ideas then there might be more um there might be, it might be more common to share one's faith in that perspective. Yeah. I actually have a lot of friends who are questioning and that don't know where they stand. In fact, I think probably the majority of people <laughs> probably um, don't know where they stand. So I find that if I share even 
my questions or even my uncertainties, um, showing that vulnerability or that, that willingness to not be right and not know, yeah, not if I'm know right. everything and not know everything that like, it actually comes across a lot easier, a lot more, um, they're, they're a lot willing to share their questions, but to, it's still, um, still a discussion about faith, which I think is still a big step for a lot of people. Yeah, I think probably a lot of people of our generation um, grew up in a church atmosphere where you kind of felt like everybody had it together. Um, it, w- it was almost a performance. You, you, you didn't sense mm-hmm. that there was, mm. there certainly wasn't that kind of vulnerability unless it was, you know, very specific groups of people that were close that maybe were meeting outside of church, mm-hmm. right, in, in homes and that kind of thing, where they could be more open about it. And so, but I think what happens though is that people get burned, they get hurt, they mm-hmm. they they experience um, hypocrisy, mm-hmm. uh, and they feel like, well, you know, this isn't the kind of faith that I that I thought it was. I thought mm-hmm. this faith was this kind of this sort of knowledge and certainty and commitment yeah. that we're really not seeing play out in in real life. And so yeah. then, how do you how do you deal with that? Right. Yeah, it's the same thing that we've been talking about where, you know, to share your your faith feels like you kind of have to have it together, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm going to mm-hmm. sort of, I mean, because, you know, and this specifically, this quote is talking about, you know, sharing one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith. So it's not even someone that has maybe no faith. It almost implies that mm-hmm. there's someone of a different religion. And so who are you to try to... Right. You know, I don't know, persuade them or something like that when you, 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 you've kind of maybe been burned within your own church and you're right. not totally sure about things. Right. Um, it, it's, a, it's a kind of yeah. almost arrogance and you don't want to look like a hypocrite or something. Yeah. Thank you, right? I know for myself, I had a friend that was um, not of my faith and I was always worried, not that I couldn't defend my faith, but that they would be able to catch me on an off moment and be able to punch what I felt as holes in my faith. Mm. It's that, it's that feeling mm. of uncertainty mm. knowing that they could say, well, look at this and look at this and me not having all the answers. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, ironically though, um, according to the same study, uh, millennials actually felt more equipped to share their faith with others than the other generations. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's the irony in this. I think one of the stats you're missing, though... Oh. Have you done your own research? No, I haven't. <laughs> but I do not have my own research, but stats that Sean does not have either is, is, is that millennials in general are just less religious-affiliated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I have been doing some research. Oh, okay. I can't give it to you right now. Maybe in a later podcast. I tried to to spring this upon everybody, so they had. I was the only one who had. I know, seriously was telling him. I seriously was telling him he needed I have to prep them. them. On him. <laughs> no. So what would what would baby boomers? If we, I just wish we. If had there one, was a baby if there boomer, was a baby boomer. <laughs> what, what, what would the response be about millennial uncertainty? I feel like that would be that kind of. Raises the hackles on your average. Do baby. we have a boomer among us? <laughs> As a baby boomer, I have no idea what millennials think or do. 
It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but I will tell you about the world I grew up in. I don't know. You know, millennials are growing up in a different world. Mm-hmm. The world I grew up in was leave it to Beaver. Okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody, I, lived, I grew up outside Detroit. It was an all-white community. I went to a Catholic school. Everybody I knew was Catholic. Um, there was pretty much uniform socioeconomic status, uniform goals, uniform things. It was much easier to talk to somebody about religious topics because everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. If you look at the world that millennials live in today, it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. It, you're meeting people from all over the place. Nobody stays in the same place. The kids I grew up all were born there, stayed there. We got a kid from New Jersey, and he was like an uh, object of interest. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's some weird kid from New Jersey. Yeah. Talk to him. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like that, where there'd be one kid who wasn't, hadn't grown up the same way and done the same stuff. And so it was much easier to talk to a, a group of people about faith or about things that you believe, because... Like I said, everybody was kind of on the same page, and even if you wavered a little bit, people would, you know, listen anyway. But I think in the today's diverse world, you have to deal with a whole lot of people that haven't grown up the way you have, haven't the same socioeconomic status, haven't the same race, haven't the same anything. And to present them with your religion is sort of crossing barriers that I think are make people uncomfortable in this day and age. If only there was a religious message that crossed all barriers. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Aaron, go ahead. I also wonder if some of this has to do with how public everything is now. Mm. I think looking at uh, baby boomers and then that generation, the internet, the, the, the public eye was not as trained on each individual as it is now. Uh, nowadays especially for the Gen Zer in the place. Um, <laughs> there is so much that goes on Facebook that you don't even realize. And so it's, it's a nerve wracking thing to be like, mm-hmm. what if somebody posts this on Facebook? It's, it's that fear of rejection, uh, that fear oh, of, yeah. of, yeah. of being put you, out you to millions of people. Right. That's a good call. Very yeah. easily. I just saw a video today of, um, of uh, a, a gentleman, an African-American gentleman, who was video, videoing this woman who called the cops because they were at the dog park, and his dog was doing something naughty to her dog, and she called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is real. And I was just thinking, like, your very point, like, here's this dude just videotaping her calling the cops. And, like, every little thing you do is going to be out in public for everybody. So if you... If, yeah, if you're like a person at Starbucks and, and you're talking to someone at your table and maybe it's a legitimate faith conversation, the person sitting next to you in the other table could like out you on Twitter and be like, you should have heard this dude, you know, talking to the other guy about like this Jesus. It's just like, yeah, there's so much more risk. And everything is so easily misconstrued mm-hmm. in, in yeah. today's day and age. Pol- that Pur- Purposefully so often. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. So before uh, we, we linger too long, I, I want to go to a, another question because let's kind of take a step back. And that is, um, should we share our faith? Like, I guess we're kind of assuming that there's something wrong with millennials when they don't. Like some of them don't. And so one of the uh, persons with Barna, who is now the president and CEO of Barna, 
kind of one of his conclusions was we must persuade younger Christians that evangelism is an essential practice of following Jesus. Do you agree? Do you not agree? And by evangelism, he is here meaning sharing your faith with another. Um, so what do you think? I think we actually have to gain the trust back of older generations, especially younger generations, because like Chrissy was saying earlier, where you grow up in this age of, you know, you kind of, if you went to church, you grew up in this age of kind of like thinking everybody had it together and there wasn't this place to like be safe safe Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable and realize that like, oh, wow, that, you know, the pastor up front or, or the elder handing out the bulletin or whatever, oh, they messed up or, and so I think gaining the trust back, um, is something that we have to do first before you can even start to even think about evangelizing and, and that type of thing. And, and just, mm-hmm. you know, presenting a better picture of who Christ is yeah. by the life that you live. Yeah, yeah because there's also uh, Christians that, that give the religion a bad name. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, you know, utilized for political purposes or, or whatever, but sometimes we experience it personally, you know, it's not all propaganda. So that has to kind of be taken into consideration as far as, you know, not pushing it on someone because you've got to have a relationship. They've got to be, there's got to trust, you know, you got to trust each other um, for it to even seem genuine and not have this kind of agenda. I think, I think kind of what Cameron said is, Maybe it's not even really a question because we do. We, we never, there's never a moment when we're not sharing our faith. I like to say that there's, we're never not discipling people. The question is, to what are we discipling them? To whom are we discipling them? And so um, I guess obviously the question is, should we share, like what I'm getting at, of course, is should we explicitly as a part of the process, look to share the story of Jesus with people. Yes or no, you know, go. Anybody else? Everybody's looking at me. So I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> um, my thoughts along the lines with what, uh, um, what Chrissy was saying, you know, it's, um, uh, my mind's going blank. Stage fright. <laughs> That's all right. um, just being authentic and if we if we have truth and we see someone that that we want to share it with I, 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 definitely we should be sharing that um, mm. but just to share it for the purpose of to try and get them to believe what we believe I don't mm. think is right it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a loving kind of sharing yeah it's not i I'm, i want to share this with you because i found something amazing and i i know you would really if you if you saw what i saw what i see mm. you're gonna love this thing too and that's why i share not because uh, i want more people in my group i want you to agree with me to make my beliefs feel stronger and make mm. me feel better mm-hmm. and yeah. you know if i have more people on my side then I, now i know i'm in the right yeah mm-hmm. you know yes. So it should be, it should be uh, with the right motives, yeah. you know, Even right motive of, I want, I want to help yeah. you, I want to help you gain knowledge yeah. and truth in this world just like I do. So I, I think of the analogy you used before, Zane, about your, your love for coffee. 
Because <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago, man, Watch you it. were lot. I don't know what it is. I have a club over here. It's yeah, like a yeah. Club everyone's in the club but me. Everybody's <laughs> in the club but me. Uh, Camille's not. That's true. Camille, Camille and I do not like coffee. Uh, but you were like, you were proselytizing me, bro, the, a few weeks ago about your co- your latte maker. Yeah. Like, you wanted me to share that joy of the lattes, right? Yeah. Admit it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, I do that to everybody. It's not just you. <laughs> I know. But I mean, like, it is a joy. But, you, you couldn't help but share. Yeah. yeah. And, but your friendship with me was not conditional upon no. me. Well, At least we think. <laughs> <laughs> You might as work, far as you know, but <laughs> you might work for the latte maker company, right? I don't know. If I found out that you did. <laughs> no, but like that's, I think that's the point. It's like for me, I do have an agenda. I want people to know Jesus, but my love for and interest in that person is not conditional upon them loving Jesus. So like I kind of want to redeem this idea of evangelism so that we're not saying, oh, we should never have an agenda. Yeah, you came in, you had an agenda with your with your latte maker. Not that you were, I, I doubt you were at home like. It's called an espresso machine, but that's all right. Go ahead, keep on. Whatever it is. Maker. Yeah, coffee. Maker. We'll forgive you, Edwin. Bless my heart. Exactly. I don't know, hot chocolate maker, whatever you got there. But um, you weren't like plotting it, whatever. But like you had a, a, an agenda. Like you want people to know the joy of your latte maker. I'm saying that on purpose now. Um, the barista in me is cringing. <laughs> so anyway, you get you guys get by yeah. what I'm selling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to convert you to it, my point, my perspective. It, it all just stems from your motivation and from where mm-hmm. does your where where is the spirit coming from? Is it like an ego driven thing, or is it right. something where you, it, it's coming from a place of joy and it has been such a value in your life? It's gonna come across that way. So absolutely, like I don't know. Mm. I I share my faith with my friends regularly about like when it just comes from a place of joy. But mm. I hope I'm not annoying. I, well, yeah, yeah. You never want you never want to have have that um, agenda. Yeah. And you have to. I think it's also important that. It's, you make people feel like it's okay to, like, say no or, you know, or to yeah. disagree yeah. or, yeah. or you know, it, 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 you're not trying to force it on people or, or you're going to make them feel, wow, you're just, you're stupid or Less I feel than. so bad for you or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then you kind of feel superior or more enlightened and, and, and it right. comes across that way to Which someone. Which is ego. Because yeah. nobody wants to, to experience that okay. yeah. in, any, in anything yeah. outside of faith even. Yeah, you have to know what the person might be interested in. You know, no matter how hard you try, you can't take everyone gear shopping. Like, they just won't all respond. And that sounds like fun. Karen, you had something? I've always found that the best way to share my faith is to live in a way that makes people ask questions about my faith. Mm, um, yeah. Working in a secular place in a coffee shop... <laughs> There's the most secular you can get <laughs> a coffee shop. <laughs> There's definitely this idea of godlessness. Not a lot of people are willing to share their faith or That's be open about their religion and living and acting in a way that gets them to say what's different? Mm-hmm. Why is this person like this? What what do they have that mm-hmm. I don't have? Mm-hmm is been one way that I have found to be the most mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. because it's putting the 
the the work like the the fear of rejection is no longer there because they're coming to me, not me going to mm. them. Mm, okay. So so Tom, you like to use a term you've used a lot. It's about attraction, not promotion. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about you know I'm like a Patriots fan, <laughs> and, and I think that everyone would be happy if they were all Patriots fans. But what Amen. I'm finding, if I bring that up in conversation, that a lot of people really don't want to hear about the Patriots <laughs> and are not interested in becoming Patriot disciples. And, and, no matter how much I try to educate them about how good the Patriots are, they've already made a decision that they really don't want to hear anymore about the Patriots. And I think I'm always afraid that if I start talking about something like faith, I'll meet somebody who is not in the fan. mood. Yeah, 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 yeah. A Jets fan with regard to faith. You know, so it, it becomes sort of why am I going to put myself in that position? Mm. And I think maybe young people think there's, an, there's a chance of that, where if I bring it up, there goes that friendship, mm. there goes that relationship, whether it's at work, mm. school, somewhere like that. Wow, so, yeah. you know, I think there might be a little fear behind it. Yeah. I, I, I can honestly say in my experience, I, now maybe people are just being polite to me, but I have never encountered somebody, especially in the last number of years, that we've been more consciously missional who has pushed me away because, you know, I've shared my faith. But, you know, again, I'm trying to use, a, that sounds almost too, again, agenda-driven, and we have this allergy to this sort of thing, but I'm just sharing it as a testimony, not as a, not as a, a prescription. I'm just, you know, inviting, and if people want to do something with it, that's, that's great. If not, I'm still going to be your friend. Um, so let's move on to our last question. We've kind of already answered this, but how can we share our faith in ways that are not threatening or, you know, I use the term agenda-driven in, in the bad sense of the term, uh, or conditional? Um, any thoughts on that? We, again, we've kind of already touched on this, but let's kind of wrap it up explicitly. How, how would we share our faith in an attractive, winsome unconditional way that doesn't, you know, doesn't have ulterior motives. And go. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think that um, it's, it's good to obviously have an approach that this is something that's working positively in my life. But at the same time, I don't have it figured out. I don't have like every answer. I'm not totally sure. I have doubts. Having doubts also means more growth, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an avoidance of stagnancy. Like this sort of almost vulnerability or whatever you want to call it, this is a way I think that is going to allow people to open up more mm -hmm. um, because they might have something very similar going on, yeah. even in their own faith or, or you know, or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think kind of what you're saying in, in some ways is a is a, an approach of humility, right? right. Like yeah. I don't have it all figured out and that's okay, but I I cling to the few things I do know. And um, it's less about prescribing, again, like dogmatically saying, hey, this is what I know and you need to know it as well. Right. It's like, this is what I've come up with and it works for me. Like, you know, we live, I guess we're now in a, post postmodern age you probably would know better than us Chrissy but um uh so like it has to be 
and, and sometimes as Christians, we cringe at this, but it has to be presented as my truth. Like, I'm not saying this is, has to be everybody's truth, even though um, in truth, I think there is, you know, universal truth, but um, I can't present it as being like, this has to be your truth. It's like, this is the truth that I have come to embrace. And if you find it valuable, then great. If not, I'm still going to love you and hang out with you. Any other thoughts? I feel like we have it all nailed down. Yeah? All right. No final words as we part. I see people checking their phones and checking out. And All right. So this has been cool. Should we do this again sometime? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. maybe, maybe I should um, allow you guys to do a little more prep before we come next time. <laughs> Is that a critique? It's not a critique. Like, it was. It was. You guys did great. You guys did great. It was. I was just trying to throw you a bone, a, a lifesaver. That's thing. the least authentic thing of any of us. Some heavy editing. <laughs> All right. So, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to being with you guys again soon. It probably won't be next week because guess where I'm going, everybody. <laughs> I'm wearing my kangaroo shirt as we speak tonight. So thank you guys for listening and we'll catch up with you next time on Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris O'Day. Follow us on Twitter at M lab podcast.